Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadison, and joining me today is Todd Schock, IT specialist with Ag Choice. The use of technology is ever-present in our daily lives. It's central to how we communicate and conduct business. But with that technology comes risk in securing personal information. It seems like every day we hear of another business who has been hacked or a consumer that's fallen victim to a scam. Today, Todd will share some best practices and practical tips on how to stay safe online. Todd, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Rachel. Glad to be here. So, Todd, online security is something that you and other IT professionals deal with every day, but many consumers, including myself, probably don't understand the full risk potential. So why is this topic so important? Absolutely. First on the list would just be protecting the company and the customers. Um, A data breach is a bad day for everybody. So it's a bad day for a business, but it's also a bad day for the consumer. Um, biggest thing is reputation loss. Well, I don't even want to say that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing could be that could put you out of business. Um, second biggest thing would probably be, be reputation loss. But even even companies who survive a data breach, they're going to lose lots of time and money to more so manage the crisis than anything else. So after a crisis happens, the aftermath is actually the more costly part. So you know, members of IT and security teams are going to have to upgrade their security solutions. Um, IT management, HR, they're going to have to do security training for employees. There will be kind of a crisis communications team that's going to deal with the customers and the fallout of, of trying to save that reputation um, among, again, the customers, stakeholders, but just public in general. Um, so really it's a nightmare. I mean, the the worst part after it happens is, figuring out why it happened and how to prevent it from happening again, but then it just becomes complete damage control. And even if you do the best job with damage control, no one comes out of it looking good. Everyone everyone looks bad in, in that event. Um, and then that those costs I mentioned don't even scratch the surface if ransomware is involved. Um, a lot of people probably have never heard of ransomware, but ransomware is a type of malware that hackers can use that once they get into your system, they actually can encrypt, which locks down all your files. Um, and once they get those locked down, they demand payment to actually give you your information back. Now, companies like Ag Choice, we have kind of some systems in place to prevent that, um, but no one is is completely immune to it. Everyone, even even those who are prepared, it can happen to. Um, and the best way to think of ransomware is like a hostage situation. Uh, but instead of people being held hostage, hostage is the company's data and customer information. Um, so it really just becomes a matter of how much a company is willing to pay to get that information back. In some cases, they have no choice. Um, in other cases, they may have backups and, and that sort of thing. But it's still that could be months of work to restore all that data. So they have to weigh the pros and cons of if they just want to pay to get that that data back, if it's worth them losing that data to the hacker and then just um, reinstituting themselves. But, but, yeah, it's just a nightmare all the way around. So security is important, very much so. I mean, that's pretty much the most important aspect of IT um, anymore. It comes down to there's lots of, of components of IT, but 
but really security is, is first and foremost at this point in the game. Wow, that's that's really some scary stuff there, right? <laughs> that, that nightmare was a yeah, it is. It, it's, <laughs> it sounds really, really scary, actually. But it's and whenever we tell people that kind of thing, it's not to scare them, but just to make them aware because there's so much out there, and it's only going to get worse. Um, so that's why why security is is such a main component. Mm-hmm. So leading into that, Todd, you know, from a consumer perspective, you know, what are some best practices that you suggest for, you know, help keeping uh, personal information safe online? This is a topic, I mean, we could talk for an hour just on this one question. I'm obviously uh, going to keep it a lot briefer. I picked out like five key points to hit. Um, the first one is to avoid clicking on links um, or attachments from untrusted sources. So, anyone you don't know, just anything that doesn't feel right, trust your gut. And a lot of that's going to be coming in through email, spam calls, things of that nature. Um, that is kind of how hackers are getting in. There's, I'll talk later about some other ways that hackers can, can crack into systems. But usually it, the weak point ends up being an employee or, or someone in the company slipping up that allows them in. Um, another thing is passwords. It's really the key to protecting yourself, um, using complex passwords with combination of uppercase, lowercase, numbers, symbols, that sort of thing. Um, you've probably heard the term passphrase. So if you have trouble remembering your password, sometimes it's good to kind of actually put a phrase together to kind of almost three words together. And then in that passphrase, you can even mix in symbols. So, for example, Instead of an E, you put a three or something like that mixed in there. You know, you throw in an asterisk or an exclamation. So mix them up as good as you can. Generally, try to do at least 12 characters. Um, I'll talk later as well. Even more than 15 is better yet. Um, I know that sounds annoying to enter in every time, but you are keeping yourself safer by doing that. The next thing would be your security package that you have installed in your machine. A lot of you know, if you're working for a company like with us, we have that installed for you, so that's taken care of. But you got to think about that on your personal devices as well. Um, so always have a security software on your machine. Um, there's all kinds of different ones. You've probably heard many names. Uh, Norton, Symantec, Kaspersky is one of them. There's a lot of them out there and a lot of reputable ones as well. Um, so you always want to have one of them on there. So you're usually your best line of defense, but you also want to put – with that one there as well because that can help you even if you do slip up. Another thing I would say is make sure your security patches get installed. What a security patch is is just companies, so let's use Windows, for example. Whenever they discover a vulnerability, they actually put together a package, push that out that people can go in and update so that they're constantly patching loopholes and vulnerabilities that hackers are finding. So that goes for whether you have a Windows machine, um, a Mac, which is the OS platform, an iPhone, an Android. You know, with the phones, that's just a matter of making sure you're doing your updates or going into your settings. So they're releasing them. You're probably thinking, you know, hey, on my iPhone, I just there was just an update last week. What's there another update for? It's probably sometimes it's just bug fixes, but a lot of times it's fixing vulnerabilities that they find in their software. Um, and then lastly, this is especially important for, for these websites, you know, online shopping is huge now. I know I do most of my shopping online these days. Um, always check when you're on a payment that you're on a secure site. And how you do that is look for a website that says HTTPS 
So without that S on there, it's not secure. The S actually stands for secure. Another way to know that is often if you look at the top of your browser, you're going to see a little lock icon. Every, everyone's different. So if you're using Google Chrome, it might be in a little different place than Internet Explorer. But if you're on a secure site with that HTTPS, you should see a little lock symbol somewhere up there in the uh, address, bar, address bar as well. Um, so those are kind of a few tips. I said I could go on and on and on, but I just wanted to give you a few things to help, help keep you protected on, in regards to that. Thanks, Todd. You talked a little bit there about smartphones, but, you know, we, we all have smartphones. Are there any other specific recommendations you have related to smartphones and security? Yeah, number one, and this sounds, sounds obvious, but use a passcode. Um, the passcode, I know a few years ago, um, Consumer Reports did a, a study. I did an article that actually stated this number a few, might have been a month or a year ago, but it just it sticks out in my head. 64% of people didn't use a passcode of any kind, and that just blew my mind, especially as easy it is now. Because um, now, it's generally, you're going to have a thumbprint, you're going to have face recognition, so there's really no reason not to have a passcode, especially if you're going to have banking apps and that sort of thing on your phone. It's just another layer of protection. A lot of times, the banking apps do also have a login or, a, or a, you know, a finger finger swipe or a face detection, but still, that puts just another layer with the passcode. So instead of just one layer, you get two layers for those banking apps. Um, the other thing would be don't click on suspicious links. I mentioned that is how hackers do it. You know, they find a, an employee that clicks on a link, gets them into the system. Before you know it, they're all throughout the network doing their thing. For whatever reason, I think on smartphones, people feel a little bit more um, immune. I guess they just feel they're less suspicious on their phone than they are computer. It just feels a little bit more personal, a little less serious and businesslike. But um, viruses, you know, uh, an Apple or an Android phone can get hacked just as easily as your personal computer or your work computer. So you got to be diligent there as well. It's just people tend to let their guard down for whatever reason on a on a phone. Um, the other thing I mentioned this before is keep the software up to date. So those security patches are going to come through in the form of, of your smartphone update. So keep up with the updates. It's not like you need to do them the day they come out. But generally, you know, if something comes out, try to try to update it. Just don't be one of those people that falls behind when we're supposed to be on, you know, iOS 14 and you're still on, like, iOS 11. You're probably missing a lot of very important vulnerability patches there. And then going back to if you do your online um, banking, which I do, it's super convenient, I'm sure a lot of you do, is always have that passcode as your entry level, but then also make sure that you're logging in in some way to that, that banking app. And most banking apps do kick you out afterwards. They don't let you stay logged in, but whether it's a uh, finger swipe, you know, your, your fingerprint scan, a uh, face recognition, just always have something that is another layer in that app. Um, and then also, this is going back to kind of using your device since it's such a public thing. It's easier to not lose a laptop or a bigger item and you're not traveling with it. But with the way you travel with your phone, it's very easy to sit it down and leave it, leave it sit. So in that regard, always make sure you know how your uh, device works in terms of that GPS location software. They all have them. Androids have them. Apple phones have them. 
But the biggest thing that people do is a lot of times they will have that set up, like the find my iPhone feature, but they never actually look how to use it. And then they lose it or it's stolen and they've never actually investigated how to, how to use it. So even though it's turned on, they don't know what they're doing to locate where it's at. So just do kind of a dry run with that. Just try it once. Just sit your phone somewhere and then maybe go in your computer and use the find my iPhone feature. Like, oh, there it is. Hey, it's in, in my living room, you know, or in my kitchen. So it's not a bad idea just to practice to see how that works in the event you do lose it. So those would be my main things for how to keep yourself safe safe with the smartphones. That's great, Todd. I know uh, I'm, I'm taking some tips here. I think I need to try to find my own and, and practice a little bit. So these are some uh, really great practical ideas on, on what we can do to be a little bit safer. So next, let's talk about passwords. It's you know obviously a common subject when discussing online security. You shared a little bit here earlier about them, but I'm sure there's lots more to share about passwords. So what suggestions do you have on creating and managing login information and passwords, Todd? Yeah, like I said, I've mentioned it, so that should tell you. So I think I've mentioned it in two of the previous three questions about how important the password is. Um, so that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, and as far as if you were to look up online, hey, tips for a password, you're going to find articles, you know, hey, here's 20 tips for how to create a strong password. So I could list them all. You're probably going to forget some of them here. So I, I thought of just two to give you, that if you can remember these two, you are going to be in great shape. The one is make it long. So nothing shorter than 15 characters as possible. I know earlier I said 12, 12 to 15. If you can do 15, you're setting yourself up um, to be much safer online. And that's where you're probably like 15 characters. How am I going to remember it? That's where that passphrase comes in. You know, just think of something you know, string a few words together and then mix in a few characters and, and you still have an easy-to-remember password. Um, that is the biggest thing. The longer it is, the harder it's going to be. And the other thing is mixing up those characters. So it's adding some uppercase in there with the lowercase, adding a number or two in there, add a symbol or two in there. The longer it is and the more you mix it up with those, the harder it is to crack. And just to give you an example, this was way back in 2012. So they were investigating a brute force password cracking scheme. So what a brute force password cracking scheme is, is basically a hacker develops a software that just keeps trying and trying and trying until it hits your password. Um, and it was using an eight-character Windows password. So a hacker proved in 2012, so also keep in mind this is, you know, about 10 years ago. So as you can imagine, things have probably advanced. Um, so just an eight-character Windows password, he put together software that had the, the ability to try 350 billion guesses per second. Um, so he was able to crack a password, an eight-character password, in six hours. Um, so that just goes to show you. But And I've read articles, too, that give the percentage, so like a six-character six password versus an eight versus a ten, just the higher up you go, the more – less or the less probable it is that that could ever be cracked. So the biggest takeaway on that would be the longer the better. Again, if you can do 15, do it. Um, it sounds like an inconvenience, but at the end of the day, it's keeping you safe. Wow, that is, that's impressive there. I, I think I need to change my password, Todd. <laughs> Good information. So as we wrap up here today, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about cybersecurity? 
probably the biggest takeaway would be just that you're really the biggest factor in protecting yourself or the company you work for. So it really does start with you. Um, some of the things I talked about, do they help? Does the antivirus software help? Absolutely. Do the security patches help? Absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, most breaches are because an employee or a, just an individual slips up, whether that's um, responding to spam emails by clicking links, opening attachments, that type of thing. It's usually whenever they trace back these big company hacks, it's usually not some extravagant software that got a hacker into the system. It's usually something very simple. An employee, you know, entering or clicking links in an email they shouldn't have and trying to log into a site that was a faulty site that basically was, <laughs> as they were doing so, it was uh, getting their password from them that sort of a thing. So really, I guess the biggest takeaway would just be you're the biggest factor in protecting yourself. So whether that's you personally on a personal device, a company device, you own your own company, you're, you're your biggest, uh, of course, of, uh, you're, you're your biggest protection, I should say. Well, Todd, thanks so much for joining us today to discuss this really important topic. You know, it's something that impacts our everyday lives, and I appreciate you sharing all these practical tips on how we can reduce our potential risks online. So thanks again. Of course. Thanks for having me. I hope uh, everyone took something away from that, even if it was just one or two things. That will probably, probably be helpful. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.